Hello and welcome to our brand new show uh, called Grace Talk. I'm Ron Tabor and my buddy Miguel is here today. Hi Miguel. Hi, how you doing? And we have been wanting to put something together to, to upload uh, as, a, as a podcast uh, to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and so here we are. Today is our first day and we want to establish what the gospel is, why we need the gospel, who needs the gospel, what is the gospel, and what is grace, because ultimately our program is called Grace Talk. And it's very important that we understand what grace is, because there's a lot of confusion out there. And the real question we want to answer through the series that we're going to do is, what must I do to be saved? And we want to really answer that question through several programs, and, and hopefully we'll develop this and have better... Uh, acoustics and what have you, but tonight it's, uh, it's our first show. So anyway, here we are, and well, let's get going. Uh, Miguel, what do you think? Uh, why do people need to be saved? First of all, what does that mean when we say you must be saved? And I think, I think it means, um, I mean, there's a lot of... Salvation is spoken about a lot in the Bible, and it's not always salvation from hell. It's not always salvation from wrath it could be a lot of things i mean it could be like salvation from like you know the the disciples in the boat save us you know because they thought they were going to drown and um so ultimately the salvation we're talking about is being saved from our just um reward which is wrath and hell and we're being saved from the very god who is the judge so um we all need to be saved because we all were born into sin, each and every one of us. We've all been born into sin because, you know, from Adam and Eve. Um, although we can't blame them for our, our individual sin because we sin because we're sinners. And so, yeah, just to, not, not to get so technical, but basically that's it. Getting, you know, being saved from our own sin, being saved from hell, and being saved from the justice that God will pour out on those who do not who are not his, who are not saved, who are not born again. So as I think of the word and, and think in context of uh, salvation in a spiritual sense, I think of the word deliverance, that we are being delivered or rescued from a place of torment, right? I mean, the sinner is going to stand before God at the great white throne judgment and and the books will be opened, and uh, he will be judged according to his works. And if his name is not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then he is cast into a place called the Lake of Fire, which is inescapable eternal torment in a literal lake of fire and brimstone and torment. So I think in those terms, a deliverance from that. But I want to, to begin to get a scriptural <coughs> excuse me, foundation or support behind this. We begin this discussion. And of course, you look at Romans... Chapter 3, verse 23, uh, says, uh, Paul writes and says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Um, so a couple of quick observations here. The first thing is that all have sinned. So whether or not um, the person is a good neighbor or a bad neighbor, whether you like the person or dislike the person, or whether you think you're a good person or, or not so good, the Bible is very clear that all have sinned. All of us, every human being has sinned. And you touched on it earlier. 
uh, we're, we sin because we're sinners. And why are we sinners? Well, because our parents were sinners. And they gave birth to sinners. <laughs> sinners beget sinners. Yes. And so we naturally sin. And just to clarify what sin is, sin is to fall short. Uh, miss, hamartia. Miss yeah, miss the mark. It's mm-hmm. an archery term. Yeah. Hamartia. You're, you're missing the mark. And then you find out that all your life you've been shooting at the wrong target. So not only are you missing... But you think you're firing at the right target when in fact you're not even firing at the right target because the standard is the righteousness of God himself. Right. You know, it's interesting about that too is that there, I have met so many people out there that are just really decent people and they don't know the Lord. You know, they're decent people. They're really, I mean, you know, I've met Christians who are, who are just a horrible example. I, look at, I see one every morning in the mirror. <laughs> and then you see other people who are just really decent people who are not saved. And what the missing the mark kind of what it kind of how I kind of see it is that we're all shooting at this target. And, you know, you kind of ruined my analogy, I guess, because you said we're not even shooting at the right target. But basically, um, you know, everybody's going to be shooting and some are going to get closer than others. But the thing is that the law requires perfection. And so you have to be perfect. You got you got to be able to hit that that bullseye and nobody does. Yeah, no yeah. one hits it. And, you know, and I want to I want to kind of share something that you know that that has really been on my heart, my mind, and that is the lordship um, preaching. And something that came across my mind recently was that um, is that if you think about the law and you think about people who say you've got to have works you got to prove that you're saved it's almost like being guilty until proven innocent so God declares you innocent or declares you free God declares you saved God declares you um, as though you haven't sinned Okay, and we all know that we have. I mean, I know that I have. I mean, I and I and I have a sin problem. You know, every one of us do. Even even though I'm saved, I still have to battle the flesh. But the lordship um, teaching is that until you show some fruit, you're being questioned. You're questionable in in the freedom that God has given you. So that that's that's a problem because. We all know that we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, but it's kind of flipped over on the other side. And, and again, no analogy is perfect, okay? I'm not trying to say that my analogies are perfect. No analogy is perfect, you know? I mean, Jesus used parables in the Bible, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm using an analogy, a courtroom analogy, but that's kind of like, that, that's what I kind of feel like, you know, that I'm, in the eyes of others, I'm guilty until proven innocent. Until I show fruit, then, then I can't really call you a brother, you know? Yeah, and I, you know, and, and these are all great topics. But for the listener who is like struggling, I don't know how to get saved. I don't know about salvation. I, I have a guilty conscience. Uh, I've done things I'm ashamed of, and I don't know. I, I really, I, frankly, like me, when I, I knew when I was a sinner before I came to faith in Christ and received eternal life and forgiveness of my sins. 
I knew I was going to hell. I, I, and I couldn't escape it. I, couldn't, I tried to figure a way out mentally. How do I escape the condemnation or the judgment of God? And I could not find that out um, without the scripture. Now, of course, a minister came and pre- preached the gospel to me, which we'll get to that. But, but I really struggled with this issue of sin. And, and the scriptures bear that out. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So even, you know, what we tend to do is we try to measure ourselves against one another. So we say, well, okay, yeah, I've got some hang-ups and some issues, but I'm not Adolf Hitler. I'm somewhere between Mother Teresa and Adolf Hitler. You know, Mother Teresa, in the, in the minds of most people, of course, she's going to be in heaven because she did so many good works. But remember, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes Mother Teresa. And of course, Adolf Hitler, everybody knows Adolf Hitler was so evil, he's in hell. And I'm somewhere in between the two. But the reality is, the scripture says we have all sinned and we have all come short of the glory of God. So whether you're a nice person with a great personality, uh, very bubbly, outgoing, or whether you're introverted and a curmudgeon, a mean old person, it doesn't matter. We all fall under the reality that we've all sinned. And then I'll share this verse and just be quiet and get your thoughts on this. But Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the first half of this passage says the wages of sin, which now remember we've all sinned, the wages of sin is death. What do you think about that? What does that mean, Miguel? Well... The wages of sin is death. I mean, we've we've earned them. <laughs> it's like okay. it's like we're getting we're getting paid a wage for the sin that we have. And and I don't know if that's a, a real perfect way of putting it, but basically, yeah. I mean, we're all we deserve really. We deserve what what we what we've reaped and um, in our sin, we 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 don't deserve um, the free grace of God. We deserve his judgment, and so you know, um, sin is going to manifest itself. Um, as children, you know, we we're, we're born into this world. Um, we're cute, we're bubbly, you know, and all that. And then you give it some time, and you see, uh, if you want to call it the fruit of sin, and you see, you know, little Johnny uh, pulling Susie's hair and stealing her ball and not sharing and. And you know, it, you see it manifest. And the older we get, the more the sin manifests itself. So, so yeah, I think that um, that we, you know, that the reward of sin is, you know, we we're, we're I, you know what I mean? We're yeah. we're we're being judged for the sin that we have, and not just not just the sin that we do, but but because we are sinners. You know, a lot of people say uh, we're sinners because we sin. No, we sin because we're sinners. Yeah. So it's our nature to sin. Our nature is instinctively to rebel against God and to do basically evil. I mean, we talk about looking at children. Children are the greatest uh, demonstration of this because you don't have to teach a child how to lie. No one has to teach a child how to hit or be selfish. These things are are ingrained in them from birth, and of course, they inherited it from our, our. We inherited it from our parents, and our children inherited it from us. We're all sinners. Uh, a, uh, a cobra gives birth to cobras. <laughs> cobras have eggs full of little baby cobras with the same venom and poison and lethality that the mother and father had. So 
that's kind of like us except on a spiritual level so the wage a wage is something you earn so you go to work and you work you know usually most people have 40 hour work week for two weeks and they get a paycheck and it's based upon the labor that they've invested in the company for two weeks and they've agreed to a certain wage and then they're paid that they earned it and so with that same, we just carry that over that same definition, then we have sinned our life, uh, you know, in all of our lives, we have continued to labor in sin and rebellion. We've lied, we have had lustful uh, thoughts, sexual, immoral, sexual immorality, um, stealing, you know, violating all of the commandments of God, the Ten Commandments given back under Moses. And, and so therefore, we've earned a wage, and the wage for our sin is death. And of course, you've got two forms of death. The first death, um, in Adam, we have physical death, and that's when our spirit separates out of our body. The moment of physical death, the body falls back into the ground and decays, and our spirit departs from the body. The spirit continues to exist and and have consciousness. Uh, And the second death which is the lake of fire. And I want to read this. If you die in your sins, if you die with the sin stain upon you, then ultimately you will stand before God. And this is in Revelation chapter 20, beginning in verse 11. And John the apostle writes, uh, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Wow. So when you look at the, at the end result of our sin, the ultimate wage of our sin, if you die in your sins, if your spirit departs from your body, the moment of physical death, you have a heart attack, you're in a car accident or just old age, and it's time your spirit separates. And that's the essence of death. The spirit separating from the body, and that death has occurred then you will stand before God and you will be judged according to your works. And we've already established in Romans 3.23 that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when the books are opened, those works that you have done that you'll be judged according to will be tainted with sin. And the wages of sin is death. And that second death is when you'll be cast into an actual literal place called the lake of fire, which is the eternal second death. It is not a place where you are extinguished and and, uh, uh, annihilated. That's not what it is. It is a place of separation from God himself, eternally in torment of the lake of fire. And the Bible says, the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And in order to have torment, you must have consciousness. So it's a very fearful thing. It's a very serious thing. And that's why we're here to bring the good news, because that's terrible news. We want to bring in the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm glad, you, I'm glad that you brought up the, um, you know, the, the works thing. Uh, that is, you know, people think that it's just sin, uh, but it's also our, our, even the works that we think are good are tainted. And even after being saved, you know, 
That's the beauty of salvation. The beauty of salvation is, look, I miss the mark all the time. But see, my hope is in Jesus Christ because if my hope was in me, I would be running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And that's what religion did. You know, growing up, I grew up religious and I was always tormented by the fact that I was not living up to what God or what I thought God required of me. Uh, the, the law does require uh, perfection. The law mm -hmm. is a schoolmaster. It's a tutor. It, it, it's it's like it, it stops you in your tracks. It's like it's like you you know you, you're standing before the judge and you're like, oh, your honor, I've just got to say I was Bob, and you start to talk, and the judge just stops you and says, stop, um, right there, stop right there, because I have all the evidence, and you have nothing to stand by. You have nothing to stand on. You have nothing to lean on. You are, I mean, the prosecuting attorney pulls everything out and shows it to the judge and you're standing there with your jaw on the ground because you cannot defend yourself. So the law is not our friend. Um, the law is our, uh, is our prosecuting attorney to, to show the judge, look what you have done. So, so on judgment day, you don't want to sit there and go, well, hey, you know, I, I, I didn't lust or I didn't commit adultery or I did. And the judge is going to say, uh, I can see into your heart. You, you may not have gone out and physically done these things, but I see what you have thought in your mind and in your heart. He sees the innermost. The law is written in our heart. He, he sees what we have been thinking. He sees what we've been, what we've been imagining and, and, you know, creating in our mind. Yeah, amen. Uh, I was thinking about uh, Isaiah 64, 6, because a, a lot of people are involved in a religious system. Most Americans believe in God. Most Americans believe in a certain set of values or morality. They have a code of morality. Uh, most people try to live by a code of morality, whether or not it's biblical or, or a combination of biblical and, and maybe the religious system. Uh, you know, thou shalt not commit murder. That's obviously uh, something people would hold as virtuous and they would strive not to do or, or to uh, commit fornication and so forth. Um, and, and they maybe, maybe are not physically doing those things because of their religious system that they're adhering to. But the Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6, it says, but we are all, there's that word all again, we are all as an unclean thing and all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags and we all do fade away fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away that's isaiah 64 6. so very clearly god brings indictment against even our most righteous activities the righteousnesses that we are trusting in our self-effort and righteous performance god says all of our all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. So imagine going before the throne of God and opening up this filthy, nasty, stinky bag of filthy rags. And if right. I'm not mistaken, these are speaking of menstrual rags for a menstrual yeah. cycle for a woman. Yeah. And dumping them out before the King of and Glory. And trying to impress him with this this disgusting nastiness. Yes. <clears throat> so I just want to say that we're gonna. We're going to wrap up this segment, and I have some some scripture that I want to share in the next segment. You know, we've been kind of talking about the bad news, and we can continue talking a little bit about the bad news, about our sin, but we also want people to have um, hope and, and to know that 
God is for those who have sinned. Amen. He, 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 he came in physical form in Jesus Christ and he paid that price. And we're going to go into that a little further in our next segment. But thank you for uh, hanging with us. We, um, we just we, we want to reach those who don't know about the great gift of, of Jesus Christ. And also we want to reach those who are who are saved or those who don't know if they are or are confused or are kind of, you know, um, doubting their salvation. We want to reach anyone and everyone that we can. Amen. Yeah. And so thanks for sticking with us. We tried to keep this at about 20 minutes and we did just talk about the bad news and uh, the next segment tune in because we really want to cover the good news because there is hope. There is good news in Jesus Christ that uh, our sins have been paid for. So uh, until the next segment, God bless you. We'll be back again God next bless. time. Bye-bye. God bless.